Hey everybody, welcome back to the Punk Till I Die podcast, an unnamed episode number of Punk Till I Die podcast. We're recording them so fast, we don't even have time to give them numbers. That's no, no joke. Holy shit. It's like third one yes. in a week or something. You know, you ever hear that you ever hear that Johnny Cash song 13 or like the Danzig the Danzig written Johnny Cash song 13? I don't well, I might have done, but I'm not aware of it. Well, uh, it's a great song. Are you going to sing it for us, Tom? It's essentially about a a kid who, you know, when he was born, they didn't have time to give him a name, and so he just he was the 13 child, so they just gave him the name 13. Hmm. We're going we're having children so fast, you know, we're giving birth to our <laughs> podcast children so fast. We don't have not only do we not have time to give them names, we don't have time to give them numbers. Uh, that's true, but that's fine, so, course, I think, right? Anyway, of course, you can find us at Punk Till I Die Podcast uh, on Facebook, or you can email us, Punk Till I Die 77 at Gmail. You forgot our email address then, didn't you? <laughs> that's fine. Punk Till I Die 77 at Gmail, yeah. There I you don't. go. Good man. So it, Neil has been out and about and mingling in Chicago, and I'm I'm a little jealous because Chicago was or uh, Neil was hanging out with all the Chicago luminaries, including today's guest from Cat Gun Heroes, Jimmy Cost- is it Costanza or Costanza? Costanza. Jimmy Costanza, like George Costanza. No Costanza uh, with an O. It's oh, Costanza. Yeah. I'm sure nobody. I'm sure nobody ever busted your balls about that in high school, right? No, I've when, never. <laughs> when Seinfeld was like at its absolute peak. <laughs> How you doing, Jimmy? Good, man. How you guys doing? We're good. Yeah. We're, you know, it's back it's to funny. work today, but it's it's all right, I guess, right? Well, it's funny because we're like we we're such slackers and such poor planners that like I think in 2022 we're gonna go back and try to talk to all the people who made our favorite records of 2021, <laughs> rather than you know that's how far about that's how far behind we are. <laughs> but we've been, of course, we love the Cap Gun Heroes record. We got to hang out with you guys. Uh, Boy, I don't know how long was it. About a month ago now, right, Neil? Uh, oh, it's uh, at Reggie's the queer, for the Queer, queer Susie yeah, Moon yeah. thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we met in person for the first time. Very, very cool. Yeah, I wasn't sure whether you'd go by Jimmy Costanza or we were actually going to call you Jimmy Capgun. Wasn't quite sure which one. <laughs> how that was going to go. But is that? Did we ruin your secret identity? Jimmy, <laughs> no, Jimmy Capgun. I just go by Jimmy. Uh, you know, Joe. I don't know why he went with Joe Capgun, and then you got you know Scotty's got Scotty Lars. I, I don't know. I think they're uh, too much free time for the rest of the band. So. Is that what it is? You're busy working there, making up fake names. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, no, was was, yeah. was it was anybody else off yesterday? Because I I got yesterday off for some reason. I got Martin Luther King Day off for some reason, so I was like lazing about yesterday. Yeah. I was supposed to be off, but still ended up working. So, hmm. Tom, how about you? I oh, once, you were working I, probably, right? I once had a job that had union holidays. I think we had like a twelve paid holiday or something, and we would get that off. But it's funny because I work for the government. I work for municipality, but we're—I I hate to say it—but we're pretty white municipality. <laughs> so we don't—they just—they don't take it. Now, one of our sister municipalities that we work with, they had it off. Interesting. Yeah. So yes, bunch of crackers over here. Yeah, not, we got we, this year. We got Martin Luther King Day, and we get Juneteenth, and I'm still not quite sure what Juneteenth is. No, but that's we just get a made-up holiday. So. That's like Kwanzaa. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, I get a day off work, so I, I don't. I could care less. It's all good. Jimmy's like, why? Why you guys? Why you guys gonna get me in trouble here? I'm talking all this, talking all this trash. I'm just trying to. So, 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 Jimmy. Now, not only do you play in the band, playing Cap Gun Heroes, you play the bass, but you also run a little label and you also do a little festival. So we got lots of lots of stuff to talk about, actually. But what did you? Uh, what's your history before Cap Gun Heroes? Because that's a relatively new band. What's your? Uh, what What did you do before that? Yeah. So. Before Cap Gun Heroes, um, 
you know, back in the in the late '90s, myself and Joe, who uh, does vocals in Captain Harold's, and then Matt, uh, who's uh, one of our guitar players, and we actually only have two guitar players. I know you guys heard we have three. So <laughs> yeah, yeah I, was, I was confused uh, by that. So if you if you feel like reading, I wrote a re- written review of the of those queer shows and it's up online at punk news right now. My very last review ever over there. And I did mention that. So I got that wrong. I guess I better go on there and sincerely <laughs> apologize. Anyway, that's well, right. Go ahead. I, I was, I was cracking up laughing when I heard that episode. I was like, Oh man. I'm like, no, we it's, it's only two guitar players, but um, just, you know, it's really hard for everyone in the band, you know, schedule wise. And, you know, obviously with the, you know, the, the fun of playing the queer show, uh, it was a debate over who was going to get to play. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of a, all right, well, <laughs> we're going to have to flip coins here to figure out who's playing and who's not. And uh, somebody had to get left out. So, uh, but they'll all split shows depending on everyone's schedule because, uh, you know, Nick, our other guitar player, actually owns a recording studio and, and is super busy. Um, so, his, you know, his schedule doesn't always allow. And um, we're actually focused on a lot of traveling this year. But, um, you know, yeah. So going back to the question, um, myself, Joe, Matt, we were in a band back in the, the late 90s uh, called The Cancer Merchants, uh, played a bunch of shows around Chicago, uh, released a few records, uh, you know, played with, you know, obviously bands like The Copyrights, you know, uh, all, all those bands around the fireside and, and, and other venues in the city. Um, and then, you know, life just kind of happened and um, ended up with, you know, kids and getting married and um you know took a break from playing in a band but we're always still going to shows always staying involved uh in what was going on in the scene even when it kind of got uh i guess you could say a little a little bit of a drought there for a while um but uh really just you know always you know never lost the love of you know playing music and and you know for punk music so um it's just weird. Back in 2018, myself and Joe Matt were all just hanging out at my house and, um, you know, just having a conversation about wanting to do it again. Um, we reached out to our original drummer from Cancer Merchants to see what his thoughts were. He had just had another uh, child, so he was, you know, you know, spending time doing, you know, the band wasn't going to be something that he could really look to do. Uh, so we just started, you know, decided to start a new project. Um, and really it just started out with us having fun and, uh, you know, really just kind of playing covers and then writing songs for ourselves. And, you know, when, when you've done it for seven years where you, you have played out, just playing in your house doesn't really do it for you. So you want to get back out to, you know, writing songs and getting out and playing in front of people. And, um, you know, it really took a weird turn into, you know, creating T1 and, you know, we always had Punkhead records and, you know, really the goal of that was to try to help other other smaller bands get music out because you know if there's not new unknown bands and smaller bands putting music out well then really all we're left is with a bunch of really big bands that are basically on major labels no matter what they want to call it uh and that gets kind of boring so so it's interesting to me you you run a little record label but you actually put your record out on a different little record label yeah i mean How, how did the relationship how did you end up on so you put your record out on um, Hey Pizza, Hey Pizza Records, which yep. is Nate from the Dummy Room, right? It is. So yeah, how'd you it, end up? How, you guys were friends from before, or how how that end up coming about? Yeah, just just buds with Nate. He's a really good guy, um, and you know he's been a big supporter of of the band. 
um, since we released the first EP and uh, he's a big supporter of some of the other projects that we work on and we do. And, um, you know, we, you know, we had put the first EP out, um, we did it digitally, you know, digital only. Um, and you know, we, we always plan on doing vinyl the next time around. Um, but you know, just Nate has, you know, he's growing his label and uh, like I said, he's been really supportive and, you know, honestly, it was really one less thing that I had to focus on doing. Um, so it's, it sounded like a really good idea to me and it just allowed me to then focus on, you know, work, you know, helping other bands who are coming out, you know, giving them a chance and getting, you know, getting their music out there. So, uh, it just made sense for us. And, you know, plus Nate's a really good guy and, uh, he's got some, he's got a lot of really good releases coming out on Hey Pizza. So, I mean, it's, it's fun to be part of all that. He does seem to have a pretty good ear for the pop punk stuff. Cause I, I mean, the the Zonoids album, I don't know if it came out last year or 2020 or whatever it was, was another great one. Yeah, he doesn't put out a lot of stuff, but it does seem to have a good ear for what he does put out. So hey, let's let's spin a let's spin a song for that first EP. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, talking about the first EP, um, that was called "Who the Fuck Are These Dorks?" Right? It was. Yeah, it, we 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 felt that was kind of a good name because <laughs> it, it came out. It was coming out right around the same time when we were we started to play some shows and. Um, because of some of the relationships we had, we were playing shows with a lot of bands that probably, you know, we shouldn't have been playing with. So we were kind of poking fun at ourselves of people saying, well, who the fuck are these guys? <laughs> so, so you were getting shows bigger than what you probably deserved at that point. Yeah, that, that, that was why we did that. Gotcha. All right, All right well, Neil, uh, so what's, what are we spinning? I think we're going to play the first song off of that EP. Uh, it's a six, uh, five-track EP. And um, so this song is called Nuthouse by the Capcom Heroes. Nuthouse by the Capcom Heroes off their first EP. Who the fuck are these dorks on Hey Pizza Records? Um, Actually, was that one on Hey Pizza or is that self-released? No, that's Hey Pizza. Hey Pizza. Only. At least the CD is. I, I don't know about yeah, other stuff. Digital but. went out on Punkhead, and then Hey Pizza just re-released the uh, 
the the CD. Uh, I think about maybe two weeks ago, three weeks ago. So so when did that first come out uh, digitally on on uh, on Punkhead? Uh, February of uh, 2020. So right okay. before the of 2020. Oh, 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 okay. Wow, that that long ago. Okay, almost two years yeah. ago now. Shit. Well, you know, I mean, it's, it's you, you guys are getting big shows, but the fact of the matter is, like you said, you had relationships from the olden days. And listen, at your age, you got to hurry up, right? You ain't got time to start from the bottom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like you gotta, you gotta get out there and play. When you're so when you're working, so how does the uh, when you're writing songs, is it a, is it a collaborative effort, or does Joe come up with the words and you guys write the music, or does somebody write the words and music? Well, how's the songwriting process work with five or six guys? Um, well. It... <laughs> You know, it's a pain in the fucking ass, to be completely honest. <laughs> um, you know, because everybody tries to bring in ideas um, and everybody has a different direction. So, um, you know, and, we, and I think that's kind of honestly part of the fun because we, we don't take ourselves too seriously. Um, and I think we're trying not to just sound like every other. And I, I really hate the term Ramones core because um, I, I love the Ramones, but. You know, there's you, you you don't want to sound completely like that band because it's it's you're gonna sound just like them. No one's gonna really want to hear that, right? You want to hear the Ramones? You can go listen to Ramones. So, um, we're, we're I think we all do try to be a little bit different. I mean, because everyone comes from different backgrounds. Myself, Andy, and Matt, obviously. Or I'm sorry, myself, Joe, and Matt, obviously having that '90s pop punk sound from Chicago. That's kind of a big thing for us. Uh, Andy played in some more alternative rock bands. Um, and uh, more pop rock. Uh, so he has a little bit of a different influence. And then we have uh, Nick and uh, Scott, who are both just big hardcore metal guys. And uh, so the, the writing process is, it's kind of a fun process. And that's why you end up with some songs that are a little faster than others. Some, you know, but we're, we're trying our best to make sure that the album flows and it's consistent, um, where it doesn't sound like a band just trying to write a bunch of different songs that sound like a bunch of different bands. Um, but it's funny it's funny you say that because i think the record is very cohesive it is and and i would have never guessed you had metalheads in your band doing the oohs <laughs> and ahs you know yeah well i mean you know it, it, it's it's funny because you know there's times where scott you know where like i'll i'll bring an idea and i'm i'm starting to play this riff and it's just a really traditional kind of you know pop punk you know riverdale Ramones type riff and as I got my head down playing it I feel a drumstick coming right off my head it's like oh sorry it's lit because he's just so tired of playing those um, but you know he gets outvoted so <laughs> you know it's but no it's it's, it's really become a I, I think I'm really excited about where where things are coming and, and to release a lot of the new stuff that we have because you know there's been such a delay in in being able to release stuff from I mean obviously we we, we released uh, the EP in 2020 uh, right in the beginning of it, and then you know the world just took a shit. I mean, we and we had we were really just in a, in a writing mode, and we had so many shows planned and everything that just got canceled, uh, just like everyone else had to deal with. Um, but you know, we ended up writing the, the album, going in and recording it because obviously you know we have Nick who owns the studio uh, where we record, and then we just had to sit on it for I mean so many months I mean Adderall is so old to us compared to everyone else for you know mm. for everyone else first hearing it um, that we, we've had a, a lot of new stuff that we're going to be putting out so we have a new EP that's going to drop at the end of uh, you know probably oh, I'd say middle of February um, and it, that already seems old to us sure uh, 
so just from the delays, I mean, but we, we do plan on finishing up a new album for October again and getting, you know, kind of staying in a consistent mode, uh, for as long as we want to do this. But yeah, just unfortunately because of the pandemic and the delays and then, you know, obviously dealing with delays in, in, in pressing, it, it just, it was such a long process to get the record out. So the EP, so said, the, 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 the EP in sorry. February, is that going to be uh, digital only or is that actually going to be on vinyl? Uh, no, it's just, it's going to be, uh, it'll be digital and CD. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. We, we, we debated it, but you know, we, we, we want to get another, we want to have the next record out, uh, you know, really a, a little, either a year or a little over a year from, from Adderall. So, um, but also wanting to release new stuff because again, we just sat on the, the Adderall stuff for so long that it's not that it's boring to us, but we've played it and listened to it and, you know, kind of beat it to death. And now we have to go out and, you know, we're going to be supporting it, which we're excited to do, but we also want to release some new stuff that we've been working on that we've, cause we feel we really wrote some, uh, that some really good songs that sure. have, that we've been, you know, wanting to kind of get to a, a different level with, with the band. Yeah. It makes so sense. You're talking about supporting it, but the fact that, you know, you see guys, you guys are in your forties, I assume. And uh, are you going to, I mean, can you really tour? Are you just going to do weekenders or what's the, uh, I would think it'd be, if it's harder to get together to write a song, I can't imagine how difficult it is to everybody get the time off to go on the road for a week or two at a time. Well, getting, it's, it's hard getting together to write a song because everyone comes in with their own ideas of what they want to do. <laughs> sure. As far as it goes. Um, yeah, no, again, no, we, we all have families, we all have jobs. So again, we, 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 we understand how, why we're doing this and what we want to you know what we want to do it for so um we have a lot of stuff booked um but it's very strategic as far as you know where when we're going to play chicago when we're going to go out and play uh the cities close to us and when we're going to be you know making it out to uh, east coast and west coast and you know and if things uh you know stay on plan you know we'll we'll hit europe uh you know probably next year uh, but it, you're right so you oh, so you're you're going to be a real a truly active band that's actually pretty impressive for you know, except for guys, guys with families and stuff. I, I kind of thought maybe just, you know, you go play Milwaukee, you go maybe go do East Coast. But you're, that's pretty ambitious, actually. Yeah, no, we, we want to do it. It's just a matter of really, you know, you know, making it work around everyone's schedules. And that's why, you know, again, we need three people. Because for me, I can really work from anywhere. Um, so I have that flexibility. So does Joe. Um, so it's just really kind of coordinating. I mean, now, are we going to do uh, a 10, 15, you know, 20 date run? No. But we can plan it out and say, okay, we're going to go, we're going to do a weekend out to the West Coast and try to play two or three shows. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, try to, you know, maybe we'll tie that in with a show that's closer in the month. So our, our goal is to play between three or four shows a month um, mm. that, that we can make. Because, I mean, we love doing it and it's, it's, it's a blast to do it. Um, and like you said, sure. I mean, we don't know, you know. You know, we're we're definitely on a clock. I don't know how long that's going to be. Is it going to be another two years, three years, four years, five years? Um, Charlie I, Harper, dude. Charlie <laughs> Harper. I mean, Joe, Joe's already going pretty great, so I don't know what he, what he looked like in five years. I mean, it, it, well, you know, you guys played with the Queers, and Joe's in his sixties, and he's sixty three ish, I think, something like that. Still out there doing it, right? Yeah, but he's Joe Queer. We're not. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, he's also the guy who literally fired his bass player and didn't miss one show in the middle of a tour, right? <laughs> yeah, no, and it's it's funny because uh, Robbie, who 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 got invited to play bass, uh, actually plays in a band that's on Punkhead. Hmm. That's right. You guys were telling uh, me that's right. 
yeah, and he, he's actually, uh, you know, he's a really good kid. Um, and, you know, he called me up and he's like, he's like, guess what? I'm like, what's going on? He's like, I'm going to be playing with you guys in, uh, when, when we're in Chicago. I'm like, what are you talking about? And then he told me the news and I was just really happy for him, but I was really worried for him because, you know, it's like, man, it's like, do you know all the songs? Is it, is it enough time for you to get, you know, acclimated to, uh, you know, the, the set list and, you know, cause, and he pulled it off. I mean, he did a great Dude, job. I was shocked how good he was. Yeah. I mean, for, for not He's really, like a savant. Oh yeah. Well, you could throw the other word in front of it for him too, but, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, he definitely, he did pull it off and he's, he's a really good kid. And, um, I, I was so happy for him because I mean, you know, he's, he's, he's 26 and, and this is what he wants to do. So this was such a great opportunity for him. I was great. He was, I was really it's, glad he was able to, uh, it's so funny. He's like, Hey, I'm going to be playing with you in Chicago. Like, Oh, you're opening for us. No, you're opening for me. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Dude, dude that, was, uh, that was a long yeah, set list too. You, they must have played like twenty six songs or something. That was a well, long, that was that, a long set. This, this, there was a fair amount of variety from night to night. Like the first night they played, a, like the last quarter of the set was different than it was the second night. The second night they did like a lot of love song stuff, which is kind of the standard stuff. But that first night they did that song with Susie, and they did all those. I don't yeah. know. It was I, yeah. He probably played forty different songs over the course of two nights. Pretty impressive. Well, it was so funny when I got there. I I walked upstairs and you know, went to go see Joe and the guys and saying hello. And he's like, Hey man, we're going to play a bunch of songs that we don't normally play. And they really were just kind of figuring them out hmm. amongst each other up, upstairs, uh, you know, while they were just kind of, you know, hanging out. But I mean, and it was really impressing me because here's, you know, I mean, it's so easy for, you know, someone like Joe queer, right. Who's been doing this forever has a catalog of just, you know, kind of one hit after another could easily just be mailing it in. Right. And saying, you know what, we got this set we play constantly. We're, we're just going to show up and play it, and people are going to, you know, come see us anyway. No, they were they were really into playing songs that they normally don't play. You know, practicing and making sure the melodies were down, that the fills were there. I mean, they they really cared about how they sounded, and it's like when you've been doing it that long and you still are that passionate about doing it. And you know, it was it was really cool to see that. And then, I mean, obviously the sets were great. I think they played more songs from Pleasant Screams at Reggie's than they did when Pleasant Screams came out. Hmm. I mean, they just, they, they, it was, it was an interesting set. You know, it's funny because a few years ago, I actually kind of thought Joe was mailing it in, but he seems to have found it again. I found the spark or something because I saw him several times in a row where basically all he did was play love songs, most of that album and a few of the other hits, you know? And, uh, that was all they could play, but man, now they, lately they've had a great depth, and I, I've been so long since I've seen him, honestly, that I, I didn't know he wasn't playing guitar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so no. yeah, it was, it was, it was interesting. Kind of, a little bit of locking into kind of a steady lineup too. Um, yeah, it was a revolving door for a while, and I'm, I'm sure that takes a toll. Yeah, um, yeah, he was sharing rhythm sections with the dwarves one time when I saw him. I mean, it was all kinds of stuff going on. Yeah, I mean, yeah, um, it's, but tour just wrapped up, and they're already announcing. Uh, their 40th anniversary tour. So that's, yeah, I saw, I saw that. I'm going to have to try to catch one of those. So also the, uh, that new guitar player is phenomenal. As far as I could tell, he's, he's got the Joe queer sound, but he just seems like it's so effortless. Yeah, oh, did, so, I don't know. did someone say he was like Spanish or Italian or something? He's like, Italian. Like, yeah. He's a, okay. He looks yeah, no, like that... a cover model for a romance novel. <laughs> <laughs> You'd know, Tom. Yeah, you'd know. Let's play a song. 
Yeah, I was gonna say, let's talk to Joe. Let's let's since we got Jimmy here, let's talk to him about other bands that aren't his. No. Yeah. All right, let's uh let's crank another song. What do you want to play? Yeah, talking about that Reggie show and the queers and stuff. So let's play Operation Chaos off the album nice. uh, Last Call for Adderall. So yeah, Capcom Heroes, Operation Chaos. <laughs> Operation Chaos from uh, Capcom Heroes from the 2021 album Last Call for Adderall, which uh, got a lot of really good reviews. I mean, it you did. guys, you we, guys, you guys must have been really happy with the uh, with with the reception that that thing got. We were because again, you know, when you're sitting on it for so long uh, as we were, uh, you, you're starting to listen to it and you, you know you start to overthink it. You're like, oh, should we have put this song on there? Should we have put that on there? Um, but I, that's just because you're just waiting to, to share it with other people besides yourself. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, no, we were, we were really happy with the response and because again, that's, that's the main thing for us. I mean, it, we just want to, you know, write, you know, write play music we like and then write songs that we hope other people like. And, um, you know, we, we got a great response, especially from a lot of, uh, from, you know, people in other bands who, you know, that, you know, we, we were really inspired by and, you know, for them to say, hey, man, we really like this record. We thought you guys did a really good job. This was, you know, one of our favorites of the year. It, you know, just meant a lot for us. It was a, really humbling because, I mean, honestly, when you're in a band, if, if 10 people tell you they like what you wrote, if, if that doesn't make you happy, then, you know, you shouldn't be doing it anyway. Uh, but, yeah, we were... Uh, we were we were pretty thrilled with the response. It just sucked that to sit on it for so long, but um, mm-hmm. we're excited to get it out there and, and play more of it. 
Well, I would have liked to have seen you um, actually play. I saw you on Saturday night, but it would have been cool if I'd seen you playing on Saturday night because that would have been a perfect show for you guys to play, I think. What do you think? Oh, oh the TBR the, show. Yeah, the TBR show, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, you. they did play Saturday night, but you're, I, I was I was doing different things. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys yeah. did you did you guys have something to do with that with the booking of the queers? You book shows, Jimmy, or is that not in your not in your bag of tricks? No, I do. So so as part of uh of Punkhead, we have Punkhead Records, but we also have Punkhead Promotions. And that's really kind of where my main focus is, um, on the Punkhead side now. Again, we'll we'll release bands. Um So Punkhead know. is Punkhead you and Joey? Is that what it is, or is it it is. It's myself and Joe and well and Matt. Um Matt, Matt's okay. job doesn't really allow him to be super active in it. Um, but so Punkhead actually was, you know, a label we started, uh, you know, over 20 years ago, really to release records from our first band. And then we, you know, we, we helped put out a couple other smaller bands. We, we did a couple comps, you know, back in the nineties, everybody was thinking they were going to be able to start the next fat or lookout when you're sure. you know, 20 years sure. old. Um, but, um, you know, we, we always enjoy doing it. And then, um, we decided to uh, kind of bring that back, restart it. And the goal really was to, hey, if we find someone that we like, let's help them get started because it's it's really hard for a new band to get their music out there because with, you know, it, record labels today, they're, they're, you know, they're such a, you know, they can't take too many chances, right? You can't have a lot of losses. Sure. And, uh, for me, it's, I don't really care. We don't really care about making, you know, money from that side of it. It's, you know, we don't, we, we don't want to lose money, but if we can break even and take the money we put into one band and put another band out, then we're going to be more than happy. I mean, I would be one of those people that's like very happy to say, Hey, we found this band. We put them out. Their first record did well. Guess what? Now they're on this label, putting a bunch of records out and, you know, you're, you know, continuing to see new music come out. Cause that's, uh, that's the, the, one of the biggest things there for me. Um, but with punk the other thing that we do and really what's is the most important is, is the promotion side. Um, and you know, the big thing about that is every show we do goes, it goes to raise money for specific causes. So again, we're not looking to earn a profit off any of the shows we do. Um, if we do a, a smaller club show or a normal club show, uh, we take that profit, and if, if we don't have a, a set fundraiser going on for that specific show, then it goes into, uh, you know, basically the kitty to fund T1 Fest, which is a, a big festival that we started in two, 2019 uh, that we're putting on that's uh, really there to help uh, support the fight against type 1 diabetes. So we will definitely double back to that because I definitely want to, we definitely want to talk about that. Um, how many, I mean, how many, how many things have you guys put out? through Punkhead Records. I mean, how many releases do you have? Do you have any idea? Um, yeah, so right now we've done... So we did a re-release of uh, Urban Idols, who were uh, another 90s uh, punk band that... Uh, is that is that Baygood's band? It is Jason's band. Uh, Jason, okay. Mark Burn, uh, and a few other guys from the scene. So Jason, uh, and I, Jason and I worked together, and I use the term loosely, worked, uh, at, uh, at Punk News, but we actually just met for the first time at one of those queer shows. Yeah, Jason's a really good guy, um, and and they're a really good band. They got that definitely have that '90s sound, and you know they had a uh, an unreleased EP that they recorded at Sonic Iguana, and uh, it was just sitting there. And me and Jason, I'm like, why are we not putting this out? Let's put you know, let's put it out. Let's share it with people. Um, and you know, it was you know really a really good you know EP. 
Um, other than that, we've released um, the Lettermans, who are uh, Robbie, who plays bass in the Queers. Uh, that was uh, his first band. Um, they we released. Wait, now he's got now he's got that Queers connection. Those things are gonna fly off the shelves. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're actually a, it's a they're a really good pop punk. I mean, that's one of the funny things with you know with Robbie, where I think he actually fits in really well is he's got a really good voice and um, he's going to do a really good job uh, providing uh, backing vocals for that. I, I think Joe's going to be really happy with that because, um, you know, Joe's produced most of those records as well. Yep. I know. I knew that he did one of them, at least one. Of them. Uh, then we, we, we recently released a record by a band called Dirty Flicks, again, featuring Robbie, uh, more of a 70s, uh, 70s style punk. Um, and we have, we have a few other projects underway right now, um, a little bit bigger that we've been working on for a while um, that are going to come out this year as well. So, it, it, I mean, again, we're, we're kind of picky about, uh, you know, what we're doing. But, again, we're, we're, we're more or less trying to help out some newer bands and, and, and get them going uh, and, and, you know, help them get out. Because, again, a lot of them are just starting out. And they, don't, they, they can't really produce vinyl yeah. um, because they don't have money for it. So uh, as long as we're not losing we're happy to help them do it. Well, what, what was the name of that last band that you mentioned? The seventies sounding one. Uh, it's called a band called Dirty Flicks. Dirty Flicks. Okay, like it. They have they have some very nice uh, cap guns. I just I just pulled up the website. They have some very nice cap gun hero zip up hoodies. Neil, very reasonably priced too. Yeah, so, yeah, I saw those actually. I think uh, I think so. I think so I'll, so I will I will tell people. So that is punkheadrecords.com. So yeah, check that out. Checking it out right get, now, this second, get as a some, matter of fact. Get some t-shirts and koozies, and uh, I'm looking for some records. Can you get records on there? Well, uh, and they got less gold for Adderall. They got that, yeah, for sure. Oh, for Adderall, everything else is pretty much sold out right now until we uh, we get some uh, represses in. I say, I know that it's sold out through Hey Pizza, so might have to go see you guys live to get those last few copies. Yeah, and there are, and there really are only a handful of copies left. So that's that's uh, pretty nice, man. That's pretty good. Well, I tell you what, I literally just listened to mine yesterday. Oh, I was I was yeah, on yeah. kind of a I was on kind of a country punk kick, and I'm like, okay, now I got to get something a little more upbeat. And I listened to the Captain Hero, so let's let's spin another song off the new record, Neil. Okay, let's uh, let's listen to um, how about uh, back it up? That sounds good, right? We'll do That's back it the up. opening track, right? Yep. Um, from uh, Less Cold for Adderall, Capcom Heroes. Back it up.
it up there with the uh, by the Capcom Heroes. So so let's okay so let's go back to T one Fest because I I've been watching this thing for a couple of years I have not been able to get to it yet but did you you probably didn't have it last year right? No we we didn't do it last year so uh, we started in two thousand nineteen had great success uh, decided to dive in you know one hundred percent into um, into it um, and. Had well, so we we did we we started off. The first thing we did was the T One Fest in two thousand nineteen. Well, I'll and, tell you what. Why don't you why don't you tell us the inspiration for it first? Yeah. So, it, it the way it started is you know again obviously Joe who uh, his vocals in, in Capcom Heroes also uh, one of the founders in, in Punkhead. Um, Joe Joe for for people who don't know Joe and Jimmy they look like they could be brothers. <laughs> yeah, for sure. People say that about Scott and I all the time too, though. Two big ball guys, you know. But they they kind of have a similar build. They look similar, you know. They they. So I mean, the first time I was when I met I met Jimmy that Friday night we were there for the queer show, and I said, hey, "Is Jimmy here or something?" And I I might have somebody might have pointed me at Joey or something. I don't know. Anyway, anyway, sorry. <laughs> they look like you know, you know, brothers. They look funny. like Chicago. Is what they look like. Yeah, they do. They definitely, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's funny. We get that a lot, but you know, it's. Um, and, it, you know, it's funny because me and Joe actually have been friends since we were four years old. We literally grew up uh, like five houses from each other. Which neighborhood and, was that? Which neighborhood? Uh, we grew up in Bridgeport. Oh, um, oh okay. Wow, Bridgeport. Okay. Yeah. Is that and, where you went to see Pegboy, Neil? Um, it was close. Down, uh, yeah, it was. Down, uh, down there. there. Yep, okay. yep. By the by, that uh, Chicago Fire old field, whatever that place was called. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, well, well, actually, Bridgeport is much. Uh, that's Bridgeview where you guys. Oh, are my bad, my bad. So, yeah, Bridgeport is actually really close to Reggie's. Okay. Uh, so we we actually grew up on Twenty Sixth and Union. Okay. Um, so, uh, you know, it's you know just one of those things you know, you, you you kind of grow up together and you become you know you, you can become almost just like brothers, which is really what we've what we've been so um you know gone to grammar school together high school together <laughs> you know uh you know best made each other's weddings you know playing in the band and so you become very close and um so we, you know we it was it's kind of crazy how it all worked out so we decided to get back together uh hang out and uh start doing the whole band thing again well just when we do that joe's son at three years old gets diagnosed with type 1 diabetes Ooh. Mm. um you know, obviously, you know, very scary because Joe has never dealt with that before, has no clue, um, and and is trying to figure out what is going on with his son. And um, you know, it's it's an autoimmune disease basically where the the pancreas does not create insulin. Um, so it's you know it's it's not a terminal disease by any means, but it's it's a um, it's an autoimmune disease that requires a lot of maintenance and a lot of care. And it's lifelong, and right? It, it is. And yeah. the, the biggest issue with it is, is that it is just criminally underinsured. I mean, Joe, basically him and his wife pay almost a second mortgage out of pocket for, to, to keep the supplies they need for their kids. Uh, because unfortunately his daughter who, uh, was just diagnosed a year and a half ago, also has it now. Mm. So um, that was why we started T1 was to be, you know, we were looking at how do we raise money to, you know, try to find a cure or, you know, support the fight where they can, you know, find treatments that will work to make this a little bit easier 
and, and make it more, really more cost effective because, you know, no family should ever have to, you know, worry about, you know, proper care for their child mm-hmm. because of, you know, how much money they have. And, uh, I mean, and this is unfortunately one where, you know, if, if they're, if, you know, if they don't have these, these tools, these, these monitors and they're trying to just do it, um, without all of the technology, I mean, the kid can, can suffer a diabetic stroke and, and die in the middle of the night. Right. So, um, and, you know, so as we, as you know, myself and Joe were seeing what he was going through and we were learning more about it. Um, you know, he came to me and he said, you know, man, he goes, this is, he goes, I'm thinking about what I'm dealing with, but I, I, I met so many families that are dealing with this as well. So we, you know, we started doing a bunch of different things. Um, we, you know, we talked about doing like, you know, like this candlelight bullshit. And then we, we did a golf outing and, and everything else to raise money. And it, it, don't get me wrong. It was fun, but it really wasn't me and Joe, right? It really wasn't who sure. we were. Yeah. And so we were talking about, well, how can, you know, what can we do? What, what is there something that you know, we can do that really fits our personalities better uh, to, to raise money? And the, you know, so we came up with the idea for T1 and I got to tell you, I mean, thanks to a handful of people from, from the scene. Um, and you know, just in general, um, uh, you know, how many people just embraced what we were wanting to do and helped us pull that first year off, uh, was just absolutely amazing. I mean, you reach out to your friends and say, Hey, we're thinking about doing this. It's really easy for people to say, Oh, well, you know, that's nice, man. We'll, we'll see what we can do. Um, I mean, just so many people jumped in and said, hey, man, let's let's make this happen. Here's what we'll do. Um, you know, the first year we, we ended up doing it in uh, in Joliet at the Forge um, because the venue was really, really good to us. Um, I mean, you know, obviously they, they supplied the venue. They supplied sound, security, everything at no cost. I, I've, I've, I've been to that place. It's not a bad place. It's more of a metal joint, but it's not bad. You saw the it's, DKs there, like, Tom, right? Yeah, I but, saw dead candies there. That's right. Yeah, it might as well be on the moon, though, right? For mm-hmm. for, for our scene. So, I mean, um, how far is it? Is it like an hour from Chicago? How far is it from the city? Yeah, it's about. I'd say it's about a good, a good fifty minutes. Yeah, I mean, that, when we went there, what what I will say, Neil, is you don't have to deal with all the Chicago crap. Hotels were cheap. <laughs> you know what I mean? It wasn't. It, it's in a different county, so they don't have to follow all the same rules and crap that Chicago's going through. Doesn't, anyway, do, sorry. Doesn't Go Joliet? Doesn't Joliet have one of the biggest state prisons in Illinois? Oh, yeah, yeah. Big prison town. Yeah. <laughs> it does, and it's not that far from the venue either. Which yeah. is... Excellent. <laughs> well, I mean, listen, when, when when you have Pantera cover bands, you might as well be close to a prison. <laughs> draws the draws the guards. Yeah. <laughs> but again, good, 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 you know, good group of people. Yeah, they, yeah. they jumped in and were really supportive uh, and made the, you know, they, they, they actually, you know, they, they gave us a piece of the bar and. Uh, which a lot of venues won't ever do. And it's a big venue. I mean, it probably, the big room could probably hold a thousand people or something, right? I mean, it's a big room. Yeah, it, can. it, it holds a thousand people. So, and we had both rooms. Um, and so, it, and it was great. I mean, we, the first event went off, you know, spectacular, but, um, you know, we could have done a lot more if it was in Chicago proper. So that so, and it was so always tell us, tell us who, I remember being excited about the lineup, even though I did not make it. Remind me who played that first year. Yeah, so the first year, um, we had, uh, for the first night, we had uh, Flatfoot 56 headline the first night. Um, Along with them, they had uh, the Broke Downs, uh, Brent Kelly. um, Another favorite of Neil's. uh, Billy Liar. (laughs) Um, So there was, uh, 
you know, it was a, it was a good mix for for Friday of acoustic <laughs> and uh, full band. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but the the next night um, we had uh, the Smoking Popes, who. Mm. Um, you know, we're, we're big supporters of it as well for us. I mean, uh, they, they have some personal ties to type one diabetes as well. Okay. Uh, Local guys. Yeah. Then we, we were, we, I, I, I hate to say it as like we were lucky enough, but we, we were actually were lucky enough to get what is seemingly the last Lillington show ever. Um, mm. and they, they played an unbelievable set. Um, we 88 fingers. Louie was on there. Mm. Um, Dan Vapid and the Cheats, who are our buds of ours, and those guys are just great. Um, uh, Reaganomics, who are Joliet band, uh, played on it. Uh, we played on it, and then uh, believe it or not, we had a. If you if you like the kind of country punk, we had a a band called the Vandaliers on there, who hmm. were just fantastic, hmm. uh, and really talented musicians are they from chicago uh, or are they from somewhere else no they're actually from uh from down in texas okay so it's you know maybe more country than than punk but i mean definitely you can tell the punk influences in a very unique sound well no i'll it's tell you fun- I'll, no I'll it's tell funny because it's mostly chicago stuff neil but billy Lyre's like scottish i think yeah and i'll, t- and I'll tell you what sometimes it's better to have something to break up all the punk rock you can't have like six hours of wall-to-wall you know, pop, pop punk. punk or whatever it yeah. is. Sometimes no, it's nice to have a, a divider in there. So I think yep. I think that country thing sounds pretty cool, actually. Yeah, it was it was a it was a great weekend, and um, I mean, it, it just turned out fantastic. We raised a lot of money, um, and you know, from there we we parlayed that into uh, our, our next event, which was a, a Merry Punk and Christmas, which was uh, we had Nerf Herder copyrights. Uh, Game app and the cheats and us at uh, at Reggie's, and we did we tied that into a big food drive, um, and 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 a toy drive, and um, we used all the profits from that show to buy you know toys and food for families for for Christmas that year. So I mean everything was just going great, and uh, we we literally got right at, right to work on booking everything for 2020, and had plans to do T1 Fest twice uh, in 2020. Uh, one in uh, San Francisco and then back in Chicago. And wow. Things set up, and then you know the pandemic hit, and we just had to cancel all of it. So um, we ended up doing a live stream in 2020, um, which was you know it was pretty cool. I mean, it, you know, uh, Dan did a, you know Dan Vapid did an acoustic set. Um, Polly and uh, Jen from the Bomb Pops. Uh, did a couple songs acoustically and then really I thought it was kind of cool that because I don't know if you guys know Polly from the Bomb Pops she's a type 1 diabetic mm-hmm. um, so she was she really took time to educate people on on her struggles with it um, and, and how she's dealt with that throughout her life um, and then we had you know a lot of other really cool bands um, you know a lot of local bands uh, The Usuals, Death in Memphis um, you know showed her play and then um the the radio buzzkills as well did a oh yeah, yeah. we just we just we, talked to our pal zach yeah we did just talked to zach yeah yeah zach's a good guy he's a, i'm sure that was a you know it, i mean I, I guarantee that was a an interesting interview it's like he's a yeah. live wire let me tell you yeah <laughs> yeah well the the funny thing is the thing that sucks about the streaming thing is obviously essentially you're doing like the jerry lewis telephone at that point right i mean that's all you can do but by the same token you can get bands from all over the place 
you, you know, you don't have to get them to Chicago. They can play from their living room or whatever, which is kind of cool. Um, yeah, it but, is a lot of fun, but, you know, at the same time when you do that too, it's, it's, it's not it's, the same. It's not the same. And it's yeah. really, you don't really get a lot of quality. And that was, you know, so that was the problem is we, we kind of told everyone, Hey, look, you know, we, we see what a lot of people are doing. It's like, trust me after about two or three songs of watching even really good bands. Yeah. 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 You don't want to watch a half hour, but yeah, it, it, it gets really boring. So it's like, you know, let's try to do this where we make it, you know, take the time to record something and I, I you know, make it fun, make it enjoyable. Something interesting, something different. Yeah. And I mean, I, I tell you, Zach and those guys did a great job of it. I mean, uh, <laughs> I don't know how who blew up all the balloons and shit that they used in that in that video they made, um, but it, it was a ton of fun. But you know he's he's kind of like uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan, you know, mixed with Ben Weasel. So it's uh... <laughs> well, yeah. Zach Zach is will be the star of our uh, upcoming uh, Valentine's Day special because when you when you talk <laughs> low, will. you talk Zach Zach Buzzkill. That's right. Well, maybe ten to Tom. We'll give you. Yes. Head up yes. on heads up on that one. So Very so strange. then what? So what? So last year, what happened? I mean, same thing, right? Or something similar? I mean, you, or, or I, I don't know what you did last year, but last year was also real difficult, right? For the yeah, you know, well, last year we started. You know, we we started looking at, you know, where are we going to do something or not, and we we ended up just saying, hey, you know what? You know, I don't want to do another live stream. It was it was fun to do, but at the same time, you know, just. It, it's not where we want this to go to. So um, we decided to take the year off and really focus on what we're going to have coming uh, this year. And uh, I'm happy to announce that uh, we, we have the dates locked in. Uh, it's going to be June 24th and 25th uh, at Reggie's. Um, we're going to take over the whole place. Uh, so we're going to have bands going in both rooms and, you know, we're going to get back to doing what, you know, we think is going to be a really good, really good you know event every year um and because we have, we have a goal for it i mean i and i don't know if you guys remember what riot fest was like before it became i do the yes outdoor festival. that's our goal for team one fest is yeah. what riot fest was when it first started when it was actually and, good yeah before yeah, they start booking the smashing pumpkins and nine inch nails and crap and when it was inside yeah machine gun kelly or whatever crap they have this year <laughs> i mean did you did you guys happen to go to that i mean was that not the i mean Smashing pumpkins are just like the worst. No, no, we didn't. I mean, I haven't been for years. I think, I, I think the last year I went was the year the replacements played. <laughs> yeah, I think honest. I think Morrissey was the last one that I went to, twenty seventeen. I think. But I kind of I started going during that transition period where they were still doing shows at the Congress, but they were starting to move it outside. Yeah, um, Congress was the best that year, and they could rake and play. But was that great. was a fun. But but. The thing with that, I mean, listen, I, I get it. You know, it, it grew, it grew and grew, but it, it's not for us anymore. It's not really a punk festival anymore. You know, now the the what used to be the punk headliners are like buried in the middle of the bill. They're playing at four o'clock in the afternoon in front of yeah. ten thousand people in a field. You know, it's yeah. not for me. Buzzcocks are playing at one o'clock in the afternoon, playing for thirty Even minutes. Even though I must, I must say, there's a little bit of temptation to come this year to see the Misfits, but you, we'll see. You want to see My Chemical Romance? Admit it. <laughs> I love it. If if Michael if Mikhail Graves was singing for the Misfits, I'd definitely be there. But since they got this Danzig hack, I'm yeah, this, yeah, this this fat Danzig hack. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so this Grandpa Danzig. Hey, hey, hey! Ser serious question a minute. So for people that don't know, and and I'm a little uh, 
confused about it. What's the difference between type one and type two diabetes? Do you know? Yeah. So, so type two diabetes is, uh, it's actually more diet related. Ah, okay. So, so that's yeah, that one, right? That's what that's what guys like me get. You know, it's diet. It's a lifestyle. Thing, okay, yeah, that's definitely. the lifestyle. Okay, okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And type yeah, one so, you get from birth. Okay. So it's a lot easier. So the type one people have no control over, it and usually they figure it out as a child, right? I mean, it's even though I work with a guy who has it and didn't know until he was an adult, but it's it's not a it's not a lifestyle thing. So. I think the temptation with diabetes is not is to like, oh, I don't feel sorry for them. They did it brought it on themselves. Well, that's not the case with type one. It's you know, it's childhood diabetes. It's a lot of times it's. Well, yeah, again, know. it's it's just it's the you know, it, you you could, you know, do everything right, you know, in your you know as far as your diet and taking care of yourself. You just the it's an autoimmune disease and the the pancreas just does not produce the the insulin. So there's nothing you can do to reverse it. Uh, Short of them creating a uh, a bionic pancreas, um, now, I'm working it, on it. I'm working on the. That's a great right name now. for a band, by the way. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Which you know, again, there there are you know, not everyone who has type two is is also you know, it's you know some some people get type two diabetes, um, just because their bodies, you know, have issues as well. Not all of it is lifestyle, but majority of it is. But it, it's. You know, the, the sad thing is with the majority of it being lifestyle choices, it's actually uh, it, it's it's has a much better program with the insurance companies as far as coverage goes. And hmm. it, it's just so ridiculous to me to think that, you know, it, for for one where it's it's completely out of their control, that they're these these kids are being punished and these parents are being punished, basically, um, with. Because it's just so over, or I mean, it's so just so underfunded. Um, it, it really is tragic. So, and again, all we can do, you know, is is try to do our, our part to to make it a you know the world a better place and, and help people. And you know, if we can do that by you know putting on a great you know two day you know punk rock show uh, every year, uh, I can't think of a better way to do it. True. And and just so just so people know and can relate to this, um, in the punk rock world. Um, the guitarist Matthew Ashman from Bow Wow Wow, who was the cool guy in Bow Wow Wow, uh, he died age 35 of uh, type 1 diabetes. So, yeah, it's okay. not something. It's 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 something that takes years off your life. Generally, mm -hmm. you can control it and you can do the best you can. But I had an aunt, same thing, and you know she was 30 years old and she wanted to have a baby, and the doctor said, "If you have a baby, you will not live to see this child graduate." Oh, Jesus. And she had the baby, and guess what? She died when Chelsea, my cousin, was a senior in high school. Wow. Yes. Okay. So, but, And I'm not saying that, that you're necessarily doomed with it, but it's it's hard on your body, no question about it. Well, and again, I think that's just, you know, things have gotten better, um, but that's why, you know, fundraising needs to happen, medical advances need sure. to happen, um, because... I'm not cursing Joe's children. I hope they live long, fruitful lives. I'm sure they will. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, and when you're seeing it now, again, you know, there's a number of people, I mean, you know, not that, you know, I'd ever want to see him back in Chicago, but, you know, Jay Cutler was a type 1 diabetic. Ah. Um, so, I mean, you know, there's an example of a person who, <laughs> you know, was able to achieve, at, you know. Everybody in Chicago wants him to die, just not of type 1 diabetes. <laughs> exactly. He, he could get run over by, you know, an L train 
wouldn't feel bad for him. But you know, <laughs> as long as it's not uh, type one diabetic, you know, type one related to, to his type one diabetes. Chicago and the curse of the quarterback <laughs> going, going on forever. Yeah. Well, listen, we have one guy. We have one guy at work that is a T one diabetic, and I'll tell you what, he is by far the biggest, strongest guy there. He's a gym rat. He could he could pick pick me up and drop me on my head. No small feet. <laughs> yeah, yes, I, I wouldn't like to try picking you up and dropping you on your head. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hey, let's play. Let's play another song. That was a very long segment, Neil. We we, we that's okay. We, it's 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 okay to get lost in a conversation for sure. But let's play another song. Okay, let's play the song "Waiting" off of uh, off of off of the well, I'd say the new record, but clearly it's not the new record to you, but the new record to most of us. Uh, let's it's still new to me. Yep. I didn't get it till the end of the year. Yep. Yeah. So this is called "Waiting" uh, by the Capgun Heroes.
that was waiting by the Capcom heroes. And yeah, you are, you you guys are heroes for doing that. I think that's 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 totally cool. So all all the money you raise goes right to what to the T1 Diabetes Fund or something or. Um, so the first year we did it, we worked with the JDRF, uh, which is the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. Uh, this year, we actually have a few different organizations we're going to be working with uh, because we really want to make sure that the money is uh, getting into the hands of the families who need it most hmm. and not into uh, you know big pharmaceutical companies. Ah, there you go. So they bring in diabetic families and let them fight to the death over the money you know in a cage match type situation well yeah that's actually what we do on sunday so it's the bands on friday and saturday and the, the, the cage matches are on sunday yeah come back for the sun come back for the sunday show that's the fun we, one we, yeah. we we converted all the single dollars and dump it on the families and watch them watch them fight over it mercilessly <laughs> it, it'll kind of look like the uh the the pit that broke out during uh are set at right. Don't don't get me don't get me started on that shit. I haven't been as angry as that since last Saturday. <laughs> well, you stand up front; these things happen, Neil. So we, how you, you want you say you were you were going to ask him about the show Saturday? I, I obviously Neil has seen Teenage Bottle Rocket like three times this year. I haven't seen them for years. Um, how was the show Saturday night? Uh, I'll let you I'll let you go first, mate. I mean, you know, I I, I thought it was uh, I thought it was a pretty good show. I mean, I. Seemed to play for quite a while. I was really excited to see Tightwire. Um, I, I I had not really seen them uh, that often, so uh, I was excited to see them. Uh, I'm actually a big fan of that band. Um, I mean, you know, it's TBR, so I mean, I, I've seen them a bunch of times. And, is, uh, is Tightwire local? Are you a Chicago band? Mi- or where they Minneapolis. From? Yeah, oh, they're Minneapolis. a Minneapolis okay. band. Yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, it was a it was a good show. I mean, I felt like a very long set it did tbr played for way too long um a band like that i'll i let me say it like because i know what you're trying to say um yeah they played way too long you can't have Should've someone like minutes. well you can't you can't have someone like tbr playing for an hour 15 minutes you you just no, no, you hour just can't. tops right you, hours, an hour hours. tops probably 45 minutes probably 45 and the opening band Opening band's half hour, right? Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, I mean, I've like 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 Tom said, I've seen him. I've seen him. That was the third time this year. I saw him in June in Florida, and I saw him um, down in Urbana like a month or two ago. And each time they played about forty-five minutes, which was perfect. So I was confused why they played so long this time, because uh, well, you know, I, I actually left before the end, so I don't even know. Well, how, especially because they, they had played. an extra band on the bill. Yeah. Or um, an extra act on the bill or whatever yeah and and tightwire i actually liked them better when i saw them down in urbana the other month because it was less slick i thought this was wait the sound was too slick it, it, it just didn't do anything for me and the same went for last gang too i, I did not enjoy their set at all um mm. it's, which is, it's a shame but jimmy what did you think you know i, I mean i yeah i i like tightwire um I'm, I'm not a big fan of last gang so um, I honestly really didn't even really watch the set. Um, I, I took that as an opportunity to go out and, and kind of talk to a few people <laughs> and get some uh, a, a few um, much needed drinks. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I did. You know, I, I had just saw actually I got to see TBR when they uh, when they came in uh, into Chicago. Oh, and they uh, did that canceled the uh, the witches canceled them, and then they had to move to that other venue, right? Yeah, when they played that smaller venue, yeah. I mean, 
that was literally like 45, 50 minutes of just nonstop. Right. One song after another. Um, and the, the crazy thing was, I, I swear they sounded better. Yes. In that venue that I saw them in, uh, the underground lounge than I did at, uh, at chop shop. But I like chop shop as a venue. Um, I just, I don't know. It's like, maybe it's just so close in seeing them. Um, that the comparison of just seeing them, you know, in this super small club, so loud, so energetic. And uh, it, it was just a little different for me. Uh, and because, again, I'm a big fan of the band. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but I, it just felt like, yeah, it was the the set was a little long. And then I, I think the best part of it was the guy that decided to stage dive into nobody <laughs> and, and smack the floor. I missed that uh, completely. Oh, my God. It's almost it's, happened it's, after I left, I think. I have a video of it. I'll it to you. It's priceless. I mean, you know, the, the basically he saw that people saw that he was getting ready to stage life. So they just kind of opened up a little circle. Like the re- parted like the Red Sea. And he jumped right into it. And you just <laughs> see Miguel and Ray just laughing like, what the hell did he just do? I'm hoping it was the I'm hoping it was the asshole in a Patagonia T-shirt that I wanted to go down there and fight all night. Um, uh, but yeah, cause I was up on the balcony, but yeah, I saw them in Urbana probably about six weeks ago and I agree completely. It was a small, it was a small, uh, venue with, you know, with a really shitty PA and it sounded all three bands, all three bands sounded better. Um, I kind of knew it was going to be weird when we, you know, when, when we first got there and I saw you eating dinner mm-hmm. and, um, last gang was sound checking for probably 40 minutes. And it's like, I, I saw The Clash, I saw The Jam, I saw all those bands. None of those bands sound checked for 40 fucking minutes. So Last Gang does not need to sound check for 40 minutes. So so you, okay, so you ran all really... did that, though. Every, everybody except Brendan did, like, this super long... It was weird. I mean, because you don't want punk rock to sound too polished. You just don't. It's it, funny, it, Neil, because I, I grew up going to, like, hockey rinks to watch hair metal bands, and it always took them forever to set up. And it, it, once it, once well, I started going to well, punk shows, like, oh, right? this is so quick. Yeah. Yeah, but, but, um, yeah, uh, I don't, oh, so what I was going to say, so you saw everybody eating and you, you, you were kind of, you were kind of messaging me about that. Like, oh, it's kind of hard to talk to these people. They're eating with their families and stuff. But is like, is it all one big room? It, oh, or is there okay. like a so separate dining area from the main venue? Here's the setup. So remember how Beat Kitchen was? It's like, it's yep. like, it's like a long walk through and the venues at the back. Yeah. So imagine a high end version of that, because um, it's, mm. like, it's like I a, thought it's, that was high end. It's like it's like a it's like a, sta- it's like, it's like a steakhouse. It's like a steakhouse, right? So it really? had, it had boots along the right wall, and then you you walk past those, and that's where and that's where um that's where Jimmy and Bill and and the wives. So you're eating like a forty dollar forty or fifty dollar flame and yam before you go drink PBRs and watch Teenage Bottle Rocket. Jimmy, were you? <laughs> I don't know. What were you no, eating? I, man? <laughs> I, I, I had uh we were doing like they have really good burgers and stuff so we were doing burgers and um hmm. and stuff like that and then I, I think i actually had like um i don't think it was uh it wasn't a filet but it was uh it's almost like a i don't know some kind of a steak um but i mean the food's not you know they they actually have really good food um it's not overly priced it's not like you know you're not like you're going to uh you know because or uh, something yeah. yeah um but it's not like going to Reggie's where it's all mainly bar food. Right. Uh, so they do have a little bit more, but yeah, it, it, it is a little bit like when you go to Reggie's, right. It's like, I, I love that venue because you, you, you instantly feel like you're at, you know, uh, uh, you know, a rock show or a punk show. Um, yeah. The atmosphere. And don't get me wrong. Reggie's has really good food. Yep. Um, not bad know, at all. It, so you're, you're, you kind of get in your mode of, yep. I'm here to, uh, you know, drink, you know, listen to some bands, 
have have a good night. You're kind of kind of torn in between until the show starts at Shop Shop. I'm like, all right, am I out on a you know dinner date or we 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 here for the the band? And I'm not super big fan of the uh, the PA at at Shop Shop. Yeah, I, like I said, I, it, was, it was too slick. The whole thing was just too slick for me. Yeah, they got those two fancy PA speakers. I, I like more of a stack on each side that really just kind of tries to you know deafen you or you know over time. Um, so. And, no, I was so I, 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 my mind is racing here, right? So I always thought the chop shop. It's like a play on when you steal a car. And no, you, it's, it's, it's chops a chop like shop pork because chops. like chops it's, like steaks. Yes, yeah, like steaks. Yeah, that's what it's. Oh that's my what god! It's, yeah, it's, that, that, yeah. To me, that that really ruins the experience. I was thinking it was a you know like a someplace you steal a car and wipe out the VIN well, numbers and. It's a really nice to s- place to see a band because it does have a nice room and it has you know you know like the balcony at Reggie's right. Yep. So imagine if the balcony at Reggie's uh, was high end, didn't have like chairs with holes in, and it went all the way around to the side of the stage. You couldn't get you couldn't get gonorrhea from the yeah. bridge. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. But but you know this balcony also goes down the sides as well, so it's almost like a U shaped balcony. So if you're lucky oh. enough to get at the front, you're basically overhanging the band. It's actually so it's, it's like, actually pretty it like cool. A, what was the place built for? I wonder. I mean, it was, must be an older place if it's got a balcony, right? Um. I, I don't think it does a lot of punk shows. I mean, I've seen I've seen some post punk bands there before, and it's perfect for that. Uh, I I don't. It's it's not a it's not a great punk venue. I I wouldn't say, but uh, mm. uh, it's doing a lot more uh, of the shows there. It really is. I mean, more and more. Uh, yeah. Brian does. I mean, Brian does a great job, you know, booking shows, and he 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 really puts some good stuff together there. But you're right. It's it's not like what you would think of going. It's into not a dive by any means. Let's put it that way. Yeah. No. Oh. It's 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 really nice. I mean, again, you can get if. You, you wouldn't be you wouldn't be shocked to see like a like a really nice like uh, <laughs> I don't even know how to say it like a like some kind of a like a you wouldn't be shocked if you were there for dinner and went and saw like a Rat Pack cover band or something in there. That was uh, that'd be pretty cool actually. I'd, I'd enjoy that. That would be all right. <laughs> so it just Neil, you know Neil's era, the fifties. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. And and it's in it. And Tom, it's an interesting neighborhood. So it's just down the street from like you know. Um, sugar records and all that that's just down milwaukee so oh really you know, yeah you could you can walk i mean it's it's just on north avenue well, it's right funny because milwaukee is obviously a very very long street and there's some parts of it that are very nice and some parts of it that are not very nice at all well 20 years ago it was way worse believe me yeah <laughs> yeah but uh no it was it was an interesting it was an interesting night um i thought actually brent and kelly should have gone on second i think because i think it was too much with tight wire right to less gang I think that was too much. It would have been nice if Brendan Kelly was in the middle of there to break it up. You know, he did an acoustic mm. set, Tom, and uh, yeah. it was. You know, I'm not a huge fan of acoustic, but it would have been a nice breakup. And he was very funny. He he was. Uh, he had the he had the crowd laughing mm. a lot. It was good. So what 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 is it really what, like to follow though of a full band scenario? I, I've worked with him on T1 and other stuff. So oh, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. He he doesn't want to have to follow. You know, he he'd rather start things off and then let the other bands go instead of having to, to kind of follow. Cause originally we, we had them you know, at T1 in 2019, we had them kind of right before uh, Flatfoot. And uh, he was like, nah, man, I don't, I don't want to have to follow some of these bands. He's like, you're just going to slow things down too much. He's like, let me, you know, let me go early. And he, he does a good job. Cause for, you know, it's, I mean, again, obviously he has, you know, the bands he's, he's known for, but th- I think it's, it's almost like you're at a comedy show. He ties mm-hmm. in with the song. He, is he does. really fun. He does keep everyone engaged. Yeah. Oh, certainly he does. Yeah, he was in, into interacting with the audience a lot. 
Yeah, it was so, uh, it so, was good. So, Jimmy, what's your favorite venue in Chicago then? Yeah, it's a good question. Oh man, um, he's got to say Reggie's, right? He's like a lot of peer, pre- like a lot of uh, political pressure. Well, to well, say well I, I, I'll tell you what. Let, 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 let's make that a, a two two prong question. What's your favorite venue to go to to see a band, and what's your favorite venue to play at? Because those oh, might yeah. be two different things. Yeah, it's true. You got the perspective there too. Because the green room at Reggie's appears to be the kitchen if you play on the bar side. <laughs> Uh, well, actually, no, it's upstairs, and it's funny, the green room at Reggie's for the, uh, uh, for on the bar side is nicer than the one in the Rock Club. Is it? No kidding. Yeah, by far. It's, uh, it's, there's a, there's an apartment on the fourth floor where a lot of bands used to stay, but that's where, uh, we had the green room, and, I mean, it's got, you know, TVs in there, I mean, it, it was, Super nice. Well, how do you get down to the stage though? Because there's no, there's nothing backstage uh, in, the, the in the small one. I'm through the back, through the kitchen. It is through the kitchen, all right. Yeah. Well, it was the, funny. The, we're the, standing the, up the by the stage and just Joe we, Queer like these the... Joe Queer peering through the kitchen window. It's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, Joe Queer and them came through that way. We we just came down because you know no one really gives a shit anyway where we're coming from. <laughs> but we, uh, you know, it's, you yeah, definitely exactly. did, you definitely didn't have the uh, uh, entrance like Susie Moon did. Yes, that's true. Who do? Who does? Oh, shit. Yeah, I don't think anybody wanted uh, to see us doing that, kind of trying to to do the same kind of show that Susie did. Yeah. If you guys would have worn skin tight body suits like she did, I definitely would have stood stood in the back. Yeah, <laughs> I'd have been outside. <laughs> I, I would. I would have understood if you left. <laughs> we went and saw. So we went. We went and saw uh, uh, Boris the Sprinkler at the Beat Kitchen. And oh. Reverend Norm was wearing like a skin tight oh. bodysuit, and you know the stage there is like a foot and a half tall. Yeah. His crotch was literally right in our face. Yeah, he was like, "Man, you you have to wear a cup or wear some shorts or something." Fucking hell! You get a cod piece or something with that yeah, outfit. Something. Anyway, back to the question. Come on. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah. You know, I, I I would have to say, you know, um, it's going to be so favorite. Favorite venue to to play is definitely Reggie's. Okay, interesting. Uh, and um, I, I would have to say, just because of you know, and it's probably not going to be a popular answer, but I think one of my favorite places to actually see a, a show in Chicago is House of Blues. Oh my God! Ooh, you're interesting. Off. You're out. Out. Well, it's- <laughs> Because I've only been there one time, but I thought the traffic flow in there was so bad. Yeah, it's horrible. I hate that place. And the drinks are so expensive. <laughs> well, yeah, I think that's why, though, because I have a friend that no. <laughs> works there, so makes that experience a little bit different. Um, but no, I, I, I don't know. I've always felt like the, um, I, I always felt like the sound quality there has come that off. That could be, yeah. Really, really much better than some of the other venues. I mean, it's kind of hit or miss. I mean, it, it's, you know, I'm trying to figure out somewhere other, you know, cause I, I really enjoy Reggie's. I, I, I love the rock club. Uh, Cobra lounge is, is, you know, been pretty good. I mean, Chicago's got so many great venues, but I don't know. I've, I, some of the, the shows that, that I've some, just seen some great shows at, uh, at, at house of blues. I, it's like I said, I know it's not a popular, uh, destination for people, but did you mm-hmm. go see, did you see the damned when they played the house of blues? Uh, I did not, because that's the only show I saw. There was the Damned and X, and it was really very, very good. Yeah. Did you see like when Screeching Weasel played there? I did. I saw that was one of the shows. I saw Screeching Weasel and the Queers there. Um, yep. I, I thought that 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 was amazing. 
um, uh, saw face to face there. I thought that was really good. Um, so, mm. I mean, it's, I don't know. I think it, it just, I, I think it's more or less the sound that the sound quality coming from there. See, I despise yeah. that place it's so much because nice, it's, it's, it's a nice looking. Well, it is. It, it is, nice but it is. Place. It is. I just but it's don't like, like the way the tra- I don't like the way the traffic flows, and it's real difficult to get down front. And if you want, literally, want a stool, you have to pay for it. Yeah, it's like if you stand here, that's okay. If you stand here, it's fifteen dollars. If you get that chair, it's thirty dollars. And yeah. uh, and uh, and for beer, oh, that's twenty five dollars. And yeah, parking, like and parking around there is a fucking nightmare too. Yeah, I really dislike that place. But yeah, that's see, just I, me. I was I was basing mine a lot more on. Actually, like seeing the band, <laughs> you know, you got me thinking about all the, uh, the other. I do have a very interesting story of, uh, of, of how I was actually taking my son to a show when, when I made the mistake of being one of those parents that took their kids to see, uh, uh, you know, took their son to a punk show when he's like 10 years old because, you know, you wanted to go to show and you couldn't get a babysitter. Right, right. <laughs> totally got into an argument with one of the security guards there because we had kind of, he made us move from a spot. So he told you. Let's... So, yeah. <laughs> yep. That's what that place is like. Hmm. What show was that, by the way, that, that you took your kid to? Uh, Less Than Jake. Okay. Yeah, I knew I knew it would have to be a Scar show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I saw the interrupters there, it was very similar to that. It was full of, full of kids and stuff like that. Um, I think my – Tom, what's your favorite? My favorite is probably Beat Kitchen. I, I like Beat – I like the Vic. If I'm going to a medium-sized venue, I like the Vic, I think, the best. I but... will take Reggie's any day of the week. I like their attitude. <laughs> All the other bars in Chicago are run by a bunch of spineless pussies. Well, yeah, I think Tom might be showing his vaccination stuff right there. His mask, anti-masking. I like I like Reggie's though. No, I really do like Reggie's. I mean, it's 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 it, it, you 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 kind of hit it on the head. And it's not even I don't even think you you said you walk in you feel like you're at a punk show. I just feel comfortable in general. It's just a venue that I'm very comfortable with. I love sitting. I, I love sitting on the restaurant side. I love sitting up at the bar having a beer. I love going up on the roof. I mean, it's just what? the venue side. I just I just love the venue. I think what? it's a great venue. It's an independent venue. They book crap when all the other. Bars are too scared to book somebody. Yes, Reggie's agreed. Agreed. And and you know what's cool too? It's the opposite of House of Blues in that House of Blues security is everywhere. Reggie's you don't see. Do they even yeah, have Reggie's, bounces? You don't see anybody. Probably gonna get murdered. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, when I saw the rejects there, I thought everybody was gonna die. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it, it is really a great venue, and you're right. No matter what side you go into, you know, like I said, you feel like you're there for a show, right? Yep. You don't feel like. But um, yeah, I, I, I'll say, man, the, the, the people that run it and uh, you know the people I work with all the time on shows—they're some of the best people. Um, they they understand why we're doing what we're doing, and they've been so supportive. And you know, they're 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 so involved in helping us out on that. I can't say uh, enough good things about that entire. So I mean, I, I would almost do every show I could at Reggie's. Um, if <laughs> we, I think we try. Anyway, so. I just I just wish it was closer to me being on the north side. Um, let's tell you what. Well, let's it's, let's it's, stick it's another song in. Because Tom. I, what's that? Let's stick another song in. Yeah, we, we, I was gonna say to finish up with this. I I've been to we went to the Beat Kitchen, which is a great venue. I have no problems with it. And the Cover Lounge is a great venue. Metro. Eh. But I'm trying to think. I haven't been to every venue in Chicago, but I do love Reggie's, and I'll take Reggie's any day of the week. And the thing with me coming from Michigan to Chicago. Unless I'm going up to see Neil, which I almost always do nowadays, 
Um, if we stay on the south side, we don't have to go through the city. <laughs> That's why you like it so much. You bet. Well, you will live right by it. <laughs> well, especially if like if we go see, you know, if we're going to Indianapolis the next night or something. Sure. Then yeah. It saves between a half hour and an hour not having to go through the city. Yeah, for sure. I get that. Depending depending yeah. on trap. Yeah. But anyway, anyway, all right, Neil, go uh, go. Let's play that. Let's play that last. Uh, well, it's not Sorry. the la- it's not the last one. It's the next to last one. So yeah, driving okay. through the city on the way down to Reggie's makes me want to get a lobotomy. So this song is go. called "Lobotomy" by the Capgun Heroes. <laughs> Lobotomy, Capcom Heroes, from Last Call for Adderall. I, I say I'm about talked out. I'm gonna let you take it, Neil. Um, okay. I, well, okay. So let me talking about venues in Chicago. Tell me about playing because you said before you played the Fireside Bowl when in one of your older bands. Ah, how was yes. how? I mean, that was that was one of my favorite venues in Chicago so that had to be when it was band, going. Right? Um, yeah, because it hasn't had bands on for a while. So how was that to play? How was Fireside Bowl to play? Ah, uh, it was. Uh... It was a great venue to play. Um, I mean, you know, we don't have anything like that today. I know. It's sad, isn't it? Yeah. And, I mean, it, you know, it's – it's the when I talk about the Fireside Bowl, it's like almost trying to talk – you ever talk to have that conversation with somebody about just punk rock in general, especially if they're like someone that's into more like mainstream music and they try to like talk to you and they, they'd be like – because I have a couple of really good friends of mine who – are great people, but they're complete douches when it comes to music mm-hmm. and they're huge, grateful dead fans. Ooh. And whenever we argue about music, they, they want to talk to me about how many, you know, people go out to, you know, grateful dead show. Right. And, and I always try to tell them like, look, what you don't understand is we don't care about, you know, if there's 30,000 douchebags, you know, out here to see this band. No, we do care about that. That we won't go. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that, but it's like what was what's special about the music we, you know, is that it's, you know, you it's and you know it's kind of lost a little bit today. But you're you're seeing more bands. Was growing up in it was your favorite band might have been some band that literally lived around the block from 
the venue that no one else knew but you. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you knew and, all the words to every song. Yeah, there were so many. And growing up in Chicago, you had so many great bands that came in and out of the fireside. And then on top of that, you know, Brian was bringing in, you know, all these other bands from all these other scenes that had a fireside of their own into Chicago. So you got to see so many great bands from, you know, anti-flag, you know, to, uh, you know, Mr. T experience to the Willingtons for the first time. I mean, there was the, the experiences at, at that rundown bowling alley of, it was just amazing. And, and to be able to play there and be able to play some shows with some, you know, really good bands. I mean, we, we laughed because we, we had to play some really good shows and we always said, Hey, you know, we played with this band and that band, but the truth is we went on at like six o'clock and I don't even think they were even fucking there yet. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no shit. But, yeah. Did they do that thing where they had like seven bands or something? Oh yeah. Bands? They would do that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Seven, eight bands on a, yeah. but you know, the fact is, you know, the, the headliners didn't start till a certain time. So you, you you weren't really on that show, Bill. You just played the same day. But you hustled all your friends to come in and pay their five bucks, and the headliners got all your friends' money. Yeah, they got all the money. But you know what? You you got a you got a freaking lifetime of experiences of hanging out yeah. with all your buddies at a show and getting to see all these great bands. And there were just so many of them. Uh, so that's really what I you know for me that sticks out the most of the fire. So yeah, you know, playing it was a blast. I mean, you know, you you think about it now compared to everything else, the sound was really shitty uh you know it was falling down but it was so much fun and you didn't really care about anything else because it was just so much energy and uh it was this place where everyone could go see all these great bands your your band could actually you know if you know as soon as you were able to you know write some original stuff you could get on there and play too and uh, and share music with people so it's a shame that there's nothing like that around anymore no, it's true, and and actually, I would disagree with you there because I I was there a lot, and the sound for what it was, it was what was like a night an old nineteen twenties bowling alley or something like that. I mean, this place was old; it was decrepit, it was falling down. The carpet in the bar was like nothing I've ever seen before. It was fucking disgusting. Um, <laughs> but and and then they had just had a stage where the where the bowl where the bowling lanes were. There was just a stage shoved in one corner, and um, but the sound actually was remarkably good for what it was. And... Oh yeah, for what it was, but I'm talking about comparing to now. Right? Oh yeah, I mean, but I would much prefer yeah. I would much prefer that than what we saw on Saturday, where the sound was so perfect. You know what I mean? It didn't sound like it didn't seem like punk rock to me. Was that felt as soon as you walked in the door there, it felt like a punk rock venue, right? As soon as you went in the place. Um, yeah, I, I would love to be able to have a place where you can go, and you know, you could say was it Tuesday through Sunday, yeah, or whatever it was back then, where you could find and discover all these new bands. And they had, had, so they had bands like almost every night. Yeah. I mean, it was for a while there. It was like, you know, and I, I mean, obviously, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday were not, you know, was, was I think them more or less giving bands a chance to kind of, you know, learn how to play as a band and, and get shows uh, at the mm. fire site, you know, kind of Thursday through Sunday was when you really wanted to play, but you kind of had to work your way up to that. Um, mm. But, yeah, I mean, it was shows pretty much every night there. And, you know, just, you know, a lot of it was just local bands. And and then they started, you know, on the weekends, they would start bringing in, I mean, all these different bands. And it's funny when you see all the bands that actually have played the Fireside. Now, what, really... Yeah, because yeah, one of the classic ones, and if anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, Fireside Bowl, yeah, whatever, right? So look on YouTube and look up AFI playing the Fireside. 
Yeah. And that was AFI in the early days, I think after one album or something like that. And the AFI were just are just magical. They ripped that place up. And so you'll well, see exactly what I mean by, by that. We, when we've, we've talked before. There's a series of records. We can, it kind of came up the other day when we had Mike uh, Mike from Sexy, Sexy Baby, Baby on. Yeah. Uh, the VML Live series, a lot of them were recorded, I think, at the Fireside, if I remember right. That's right. Yeah, they were. But they just basically hung like a microphone, and they're awful-sounding records, honestly. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> punk rock man. But they chronicled a lot of those, a lot of those shows. So yeah, you know, like Sloppy Seconds did one, the Meat Men did one. You know, those a lot of them. Not all of them were at the Fireside. Those nights, they were all around Chicago area. But yeah. Well, um, I mean, you just even think about it. Like, I mean, bigger, like you know, I don't, I don't know, you know, like bigger bands today. Like, you know, you take like a Rise Against, right? I mean, they were doing record release shows at at the Fireside. So I mean, it was just that's where bands were starting. You know, at now some of those bands have gone on to become big rock bands more or less but you know you still had you know that place gave birth to so many you know really big bands and 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 you know as neil said you know afi going there um but i you know one of my memories is it was an easter sunday actually going and seeing uh anti-flag play there with and it was the i think it was one of the first shows that chris number two was doing with them Mm -hmm. so he had just come in the band so your mom drags you to mass, and then you go watch those blasphemous bastards blast out a set, huh? Oh, but it was such a such an amazing set, and <laughs> it was a great and um, you know, so the memories, you know, again, you have those memories, you know, twenty plus years later. Um, I mean, that's that's what again was so special about that place that we just really don't have anything like it now. See, the annoying and the annoying thing is the place is still there. It's not like they tore it down. The guy, they just stopped. The owners just stopped allowing bands or something, right? I mean, they still—is it still an active bowling alley? Yeah, it's still an active bowling alley. It is. Yep. Well, what I, the I, town is that? Maybe next time there, we should go over there, Neil. Throw a few frames. Oh, it's in Chicago. Huh. Yeah, yeah, it's on the north side. I think the problem is now you have just too many clubs, and yeah. who are going to book all the the bands that would really draw, in, and they're all about you know they don't want to have you know there's I mean. They don't want to have all ages anymore anyway. Yeah, I was going to say, that's the problem. There's no all ages, right? Because, I mean, we don't care because we're old. But, yeah, there's nowhere for the kids to go see that stuff. The kids. If the kids cared about real music. Yeah, the kids don't care about rock and roll anymore, do they? Yeah. I, I mean, there's some there's some new – I mean, I see some – there's some hope to see that it's, uh, it's coming out. But, of course, you know, whatever little bit of hope you did have that, you know, punk was going to make a – another, you know, its usual 10 or 15-year – emergence i guess you could say uh you know travis barker had to auto-tune it and bring out some of the shittiest bands ever so yeah uh, well and it's 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 once again the newer generation of punks definitely are not having as much fun as we did because they're so ideologically driven it's almost like they're not allowed to have fun because they're so issue driven you know we were we believed in things but we also believed in you know getting drunk and being rowdy and you know, we weren't worried about some of the crazy crap like the kids are. So maybe maybe we're fortunate that we didn't have to worry about some of the crazy crap. I don't know. Yeah, I don't but, know, man. These kids, they got. I mean, I don't. I know you say they believe in stuff, but I mean, some of the I, some of the stuff I think we all believe in, and then some of the stuff they want to believe in, I just don't even understand. It's like, uh, yeah, it's like def- definitely a generation gap there, man. No, I hear you. I, my, we're I, fighting I, for different things, I think. So. Yeah, <laughs> pretty well, much. Well, talking about that, so um, you know, you you guys look like old school Chicago guys. So, do you have any links back to like some of the original Chicago punk bands, like the Apogees and Naked Ray Gun and stuff like that? Um, Peg Boy, I, stuff like that. 
you know, no, no real big links other than knowing those guys from around the scene and the, and the fireside okay. uh, and all that. I mean, like, you know, again, we're, you know, friends with some of the guys that were in those bands now, um, you know, like, no Dan and all those guys. Um, but, you know, n- none of us ever played or, or, you know, in bands with any of those guys, anything like that. No. Okay. All right. Yeah, I was just wondering because I can. What, what about Al Capone? Do you have any? You're Italian. <laughs> you're from Chicago. Any ties to Al Capone? Everybody does, right? Shit. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh. Okay. Well, talking about links to people, how did you get hooked up with Bill from Siren Records? What's the what, What's the deal there? So you know the the funny thing with Bill is, um, I actually met Bill through uh, the Lullingtons. Ah, mm, makes sense. And. Um, you know, we were we were booking them for for T1, and uh, you know, Cody hit me up about saying, "Hey, you know, can you, can you do me a favor and you know put Bill, his family, uh, you know, on the guest list and stuff like that for me?" And so, you know, I gave Bill a call and just you know started talking and said, "Hey, you know, you're all set and everything else." And you know, he just started you know we just started having a conversation about you know why we were doing uh, you know T1 and so on and. Um, you know, so as I started telling him some of the stuff we're doing, and I, you know, I, I'd asked him, I said, Hey, you know, if you'd like to be, you know, sponsor, you know, we're doing these raffles and so on. Um, you know, if there's anything you'd like to donate and, you know, I thought, you know, cause like Toby from Red Scare donated a bunch of, of merch, Fat Rack donated a bunch of merch, you know, I'm just, you know, any, what, you know, he, you know, a couple records, maybe a t-shirt. Sure. He gave us crates. Yeah. That sounds records. like Bill. That sounds yeah, like Bill's Bill. Yeah. Bill's a really good dude. Yeah. And. I was just blown away and he, him and his wife are just two of the nicest people. Mm-hmm. Um, I bet we, you know, we built a, a relationship and a friendship with them. Um, they, you know, they, they let us use the store to, to record the video in, um, they're just good people. Yeah. And, you know, to me, and that, that really sticks out. So, uh, but yeah, that's how we met. And, um, he's just a really good guy. So, I mean, and the store is awesome. I yep. mean, if you can, you guys have been there, I mean, it's got such a great collection of stuff and, um, you know, it's funny. He did. I will say my only issue with Bill is I did send him on a mission to get me a bunch of old screeching weasel records. <laughs> and I'm convinced that Jughead came in with the same request and he ended up getting them for Jughead instead of me, which <laughs> I, I'm still confused how I, I didn't rate above Jughead on that level of importance there. But, um, well, Jughead was on a live podcast, so that that's probably what <laughs> happened. That it was probably all that day. He probably just gave it to him that day. <laughs> you know, I was like, you know, he's a member. Shouldn't he have had this stuff already? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Well, he doesn't. Yeah, it's funny because he definitely doesn't seem like the type of guy who hoards that kind of stuff. He doesn't seem like he. I think he's kind of uh, got a little bit of a hippie kind of thing going through him. Oh no, I just some of it's hard to find. So he was uh, he was definitely on the uh, the search for it. But then I think I think Jughead came in with the same request. So it was just. Oh no, 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 I'm saying Jughead. I wouldn't. Oh, be okay. If he doesn't have copies of that stuff. Oh yeah. He just he just seems like the type that wouldn't I, I don't know maybe I'm crazy maybe he's got a basement full of records but yeah he doesn't he's he's a real free spirit that one he's a good guy yeah he's a good guy yeah, yeah he was he was good uh, he was nice to come for him to come and talk to us that day that was uh, that was a cool day no that's a great store and uh, I actually as much of a hike as as it is for me so I mean it's what was it Tom like an hour uh, hour and Twenty minutes or something like that. I mean, it's a hike, but it's real fun when you go out to McHenry because the record store is there and they got some great bars across the street. So, the next time you're going up there, Jimmy, let us know and we'll go up there and meet you and we'll go across the bar, uh, go across the street to the bar and uh, we'll tip a few. So yeah, let, us, let us know because that, that's an it, awesome place. 
Yeah, it is. It, it, like you said, it really does have a cool little feel to it with all those bars up and down it. So, yeah, we're yeah. definitely... The small town. Old, it really does feel like... Old-fashioned downtown. It does. Right. For, yeah, 100%. It feels like old-fashioned downtown. Because um, yeah. the town is really not that small. I looked at the population. It's surprisingly big, but it's got that little downtown area, so... Yep. Very, very right. good. Well, I think we're... Um, are we ready to say goodnight, everybody? What do you think? Anything I else? think so. Any, hey, anything else you want to plug, me, what, Jimmy? Yeah, give, give your websites. Give all your give all your info. Where yes, can people so, find you? Uh, you can find us on PunkheadRecords.com. Um, you can find us on CapcanHeroes.com and uh, T1Fest.com. So be on the lookout. Announcement is is going to be. Uh, coming sh- uh, shortly, as I think this, uh, as you guys. So you gave the, the so you gave the dates. Did you give the venue, or did you only did you? Uh, I, I think no. I think we only gave the dates. So the dates for T One Fest this year are going to be June twenty fourth and twenty fifth. It's going to be at Reggie's. Um, we're going to have both rooms going. So uh, we're really excited. It, it, it's going to be a great lineup, um, and we're we're really looking forward to getting back to uh, putting this event on and and. And, and getting it right back to where we kind of left off. Um, it's It's been a long time. Jimmy, Jimmy gave us a little sneak preview of the lineup. But we're not going to share it with you unless you send us nudes. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Most most of our listeners, we do not want that. Thank you very much. Yes, true. true. It's the other <laughs> like us. But we will uh, we will definitely follow up. And uh, so this, yeah, we're going to make, we're going to coordinate this so that this gets dropped at the same time you announce it. And then when you uh, are ready to announce a band, you let us know. We will certainly share that information, too. We're looking forward to it. I'm going to do my best to get to the city for that. And, oh, I know what I was going to ask you. One last question before we say goodbye. Will we be seeing you at the Flatfoot 56 Huntington's 500 Miles to Memphis show? That Reggie's in March. Uh, I am going to go. I was actually, we were... We were supposed to be out of town that weekend, and uh, things have changed now. So I will definitely be uh, heading over to that show. Excellent. Two months. We will have beers because, yeah, I, I bought tickets for that before I left Chicago last time. So indeed. yeah, I'm looking forward. Indeed, you looking did. Looking forward to going to. Yeah. Yes. Celebrating. We'll celebrate uh, St. Patrick's Day a couple days late. Oh, St. Patrick's Day. Oh, that means that fucking uh, Tropic Murphys will be coming to town at some point. God damn. Yeah, they're yeah. they're playing the they're playing that new place on the south side. You know that Radius or whatever it is. Oh, Lydia was Lydia was there last Friday night. She has some stories from that. My my daughter. What she what she go to some kind of a it was some kind of witchcraft night. No, witchcraft some, dance night or something. It was some kind of DJ rap thing. She went with one of her friends to keep him to keep him uh, occupied. And, sounds uh, great. It's yeah. It's the place sounds fucking crazy to tell you the truth. This place sounds massive as well. Um, it, anyway. It's interesting. Yeah, radius. I, I guess it's called. Anyway. Um, All right. Listen. It'll be. It'll, my wife will be happy because you know she'll be at that show and she'll want to celebrate St. Patrick's Day. Um, I'll celebrate St. Joseph's Day with you guys, but we, okay. we, can, we can call it St. Patrick's Day. Well, it's funny. We had we had Ryan from 500 Miles to Memphis on, and he's a super nice guy. I never met him, so looking forward to meeting him. And uh, we are coordinating with Sexy Baby Records, and I believe leading up to that show, we're going to have both Josh from the Huntingtons and Tobin from Flat 56, hopefully. So. Wow. So hopefully there will be a lot of synergy. There will be a lot of uh, that show. Yeah. A lot of good times at that show. So. Yeah. Um, Unless they so, shut the world down again. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. You know what? The news coming out of England is that um, things are starting to release now, and it's starting to come out that some of the numbers, uh, some of the COVID numbers from last year were highly inflated, 
and the government is starting to do an investigation of some of that stuff. So I think some of this stuff might be opening up again. I think let us free. Let yeah, us free. Let we us used free. to do. We used to take strange pills and huff gasoline. Certainly, we can survive hanging out with a few punk rockers in a club. Yeah, yeah, Let us yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. If we went to went to Fireside Bowl and trod on that carpet, I think we're immune to pretty much anything. Um, <laughs> so, um, you know what? We're gonna play out with the song "Let You Go" because I think we are gonna let you go. So, um, so th- thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Was, it. It, was, it was it was a pleasure talking to you, Jimmy. Looking forward to Thanks. having some beers in a couple of months. Yeah, appreciate it, guys. Yeah, maybe sooner than that. But yeah, so uh, yeah, we will. Uh, Stay free, everybody. Keep a little mark in your heart and say it, Tom. We'll we'll smell you later. Smell you later. And this is going to be Let You Go by the Capcom Heroes. Thanks, everybody. Good night.